Hi, it's Sally and Christina here again. Um, and this month we have come to Windsor and Eton. We've been looking at Windsor Castle and drove past Eton College and we thought this would be a lovely place to come to be looking at the sign of Leo um, and talking about the astrology in the month of Leo, which is July the 22nd to August the 22nd. Um, but first we thought we'd do a little bit of retrodiction um, and we're going to do it a bit differently this time because instead of talking about personal things, we're just going to be talking a little bit about what's been going on that we thought was particularly key for Cancer Month, which was last month. Yeah, and it was pretty Cancerian, wasn't it? Some stuff happened. First of all, there was the, the main thing for me anyway was the Football World Cup. Mm-hmm. And for you. Mm. You watched Wimbledon as well, didn't you? Yep. Um, but the Football World, Football World Cup is a celebration of patriotism in a lovely way. And there's no, no sign more patriotic than cancer. It's about the love of home, tribe, and family. Um, and I did note that the winning team, Les Bleus, um, from France, um, that the French national chart has uh, is having well they're having a jupiter return they have jupiter a jupiter neptune conjunction in scorpio mm-hmm. so they had a jupiter return and also interestingly enough that eclipse on july 13th was right across the uh, was on the ascendant um but the other thing about that eclipse that i thought was funny was the well funny sad i don't know how you would interpret it but was the meeting between Donald Trump and the Queen, mm-hmm. which took place, I think it was the day after, in which he literally eclipsed her. He walked right in front of her. Yeah, she disappeared behind she him. She disappeared behind him. And, in fact, that eclipse was across an important point in her chart. Mm-hmm. So it was a big symbolic moment. Yeah. Oh, the other cancery thing were those, those plastic babies of Trump, those plastic Trump babies were yeah, rather yeah. cancerian, I thought. Yeah, and I know that the other thing, and we noticed this actually when we were um, doing the podcast last month when we got home, we realised that one of the sort of powerful images, particularly for this, you know, during cancer months, this eclipse opposite Pluto, was the image of the children in cages yeah, being separated, taken away from their parents, and that's... You know, the symbolism of Pluto that cuts off and negates um, was a really powerful and tragic image, in a way, of of, um, what was happening. Although, the other thing that was the same, and on the same theme, was those children in the cave in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that was about children being separated from their parents. It was, but for me, what was so lovely about this was that they were rescued when Jupiter was turning direct in Scorpio, Scorpio being deep water, Jupiter being the planet that's the great protector. Mm. And quite an incredible story, I think, of how, you know, this rescue mission that, um, I mean, it went global, didn't it? There was everyone was kind of um, engaged in it. Um, An incredible rescue mission, getting these kids out. And I know, I think I read somewhere that they had to be drugged. They had to... um, They, they were like, it was horse tranquilizers that they were taken because it was like a three-hour trip out of the cave and there were areas of the cave that was like 40 centimetres mm. wide. So just really, I mean, 
that would be Neptune in a way. That was Neptune. Neptune. Neptune is helpful. You know, you need sometimes you need the drugs, and that the drugs were part of the rescue. So it's that Neptune Jupiter trine. Yeah. yeah um, but... And actually, Neptune Jupiter Sun. Yes. Or in the, in that grand trine formation, amazing, amazing, yeah. incredible kind of uh, fairy story in a way, uh, very symbolic. So this, um, I think that's kind of yeah. Well, let's talk about the eclipses. Up. Yeah. Well, we need to go into talking about Leo first. The sign okay. of Leo. Should we do yeah. that first? I know it's eclipse month. I don't Lovely want to Leo. Yes. Okay. Lovely Leo. And actually, just on that note, I want to say before we just get in, I mean, one of the people who is a leo if you're a sports fan again it's got to be the football the captain of the england team harry kane a sun leo and he had the north node point of good fortune on transiting on his son during the tournament they didn't win but he won the golden boot leo's color is gold Mm. and that was the most gold scored during the tournament so there we have a kind of iconic leo leadings into leo months (laughs) yeah what a great sign uh, I can think of an, we well we're in Windsor right why do we choose Windsor because it is where there is a castle a royal place and it is a royal sign and of course we have a new royal Madame as she used to be Meghan Markle what's she called now she the Duchess of Sussex or something yes so we have a new royal who's a Leo so she's actually doing the correct Leo thing isn't she uh, and uh, accepting the fact that she is an actual princess um and all leos are in some way princes and princesses kings and queens are they not they are it's yeah it is the sign connected with the rules and the sun likes to shine in leo it's the sign of its rulership um and i often think for me with leos you know they need to find a place where they shine where they can take center stage um i mean you get the performing Leos. I mean, the iconic two I always think of is Mick Jagger, Madonna. I mean, that's the Leo performer side, you know, center stage, kind of look at me. Um, There's that side of Leo. So there's this need often, I think, with Leo to be in the light. Um, What's really interesting for me about Leo is you don't, you know, Leo can be quite an extrovert, loud sign. um, But there's another type of Leo, isn't there? There's like the shy pussycat. And some Leos who are much quieter and make their mark in different ways. Mm. I have, um, do you know, I have a, you know, I live with a Leo who's, who's a very like a cat. It's true, but he is actually a man. Uh, and he, one of the things about him is he's just a very warm person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes my life much warmer and kinder. And I think that there's a side of Leos, not the performing side at all, but there's this generosity that Leos have when they're living their charts well and living that Leo sun well, that they make other people shine and they make other people grow. I know a lot of Leos who are healers in some way. Uh And that's that, that that Leo touch can bring the light and vitality Uh to other people. And that's the, their real gift, is that bringing of vitality, yeah. like the sun itself. Yeah, yeah. And it rules the heart, doesn't it? So it's that mm. big-heartedness as well, um, and that care. And they do step. I, you know, I know quite a few Leos who really step easily into kind of leadership roles, mm. whether that's in the community or in the church or, you know, board of governors. Um, 
and, and have a real purpose to kind of help people in mm. some way. Yeah, and it's not actually about having to take centre stage all the time. I think that's often a misinterpretation of the Leo thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is that there is that performing side, which may, which the Leo thing is being able to stand up in a room full of people and feel reasonably confident. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that they have to have the, the limelight. It means that they are able to do that or able to help other people have the limelight. There's a lot of uh, Leo film directors, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's talk about. Can we talk about the eclipses now? Can we move on? Have we had said enough about Leo? Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Oh, actually, get... I'm not letting you get to the eclipses straight uh-huh. away. Just the, the one more thing with the the other bit with Leo that I see as really important is this light. Um, you know, and when a Leo's in a situation where their light is dimmed, whether that's maybe they're in a job that um, you know they're not appreciated, or a relationship where they're not again, appreciated, loved, admired for who they are, their light can dim. And that's a really sad place for Leo. Um, you know, so I, I see it very much as, as Leo does need the light. They do mm. need that admiration and they need the light themselves. They give light, but they need light as well. I, I agree. The other thing, sorry, just I know that we're supposed to be stopping on Leo's, but it's a very creative sign. Very creative. They need to be making stuff or doing stuff or something creative. That creativity needs to come out. Otherwise, it's a very sad, droopy kind of cat. Yeah. Drooping whiskers and a sad tail. So, here we go into Leo month. Big month coming up. And why is it so big? Because it's eclipse month. Yeah. Once again, we've got two more eclipses coming up. Um... So shall we take them one at a time, looking at these eclipses, or shall we talk about eclipses in general? I think we wanted to say something about the eclipses in general first, uh-huh. didn't we? That uh-huh. this is, you know, that, that eclipses generally come in pairs, that we're in the middle of a... We're coming actually to the end of the sets of eclipses that take place in Aquarius and Leo. Uh-huh. So eclipses always take place in opposite signs, and at sort of opposite times of the year. So we had eclipses in February, and now we're going to have eclipses in August, and then next year we'll have eclipses in January. Um, And wherever this hits your chart is a place where you're going to be having evolution and change. And eclipses can be very, very useful because they bump you out of stuckness. Mm -hmm. Um, Carry on. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, change is a key word for an eclipse um you know and what i do know about eclipses is that there's often a lot of fear around them which i think stems from the day when people didn't really know what eclipses were and suddenly you're going about your business and you're in the daytime and then everything turns black you know you must think the world's coming to an end really so it's not a surprise that there was this kind of awe around eclipses Mm -hmm in traditional time, but we know more about them now. And they are often very clear symbols of endings and new beginnings. They're like a real kind of power charge in a way that comes into your, um, into your life. Hmm. And the, you know, really the more total the eclipse, the stronger it is. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's also true. So can we, I mean, do we think that eclipses are powerful for everyone or that's a good question. I think they're very powerful for what we would call eclipsy style people. 
which means if you're born on a, on or near an eclipse, yeah. like uh, Meghan Markle, yeah. for example, or Donald Trump, for another mm-hmm. example, eclipses are your thing. You know, the mm-hmm. eclipses bounce you into, you know, you you bounce off the eclipses, mm-hmm. and you can see that both those people have had incredible years. Mm. Well, I think the Meghan Markle story is lovely because mm. she got together with Harry in August 2016 when the Leo Aquarius eclipse cycle began. And I mean, look at how her life has changed. And that summer, actually, there was a Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Virgo. Harry being a Virgo, Venus being love, Jupiter expands what it touches. He met the woman he mm. chose to marry. So she's had a, a tremendous trajectory trajectory which mm. is very much ups and downs as well it's not been straightforward but you know what a story and also i think that uh when we were talking about this a little bit earlier sally said something interesting which is that there's gains and there are losses mm. so we don't want to overemphasize, say oh it's all about gains mm-hmm. it's also about losses so when you get something you leave something behind so you can see that in Meghan Markle's case, it's so easy to see what she's losing, which is a bit of privacy, you know, yeah. that whole private life. She can't go to the supermarket anymore. She's now in this whole royal realm, which has its downside, frankly. Yeah, it um, As well, it's exciting, but it's also difficult. Mm. Um, and as for Monsieur le Président, we can see that he is you know, powerful and wielding all that power, and he won that election. Um, the eclipses have been across his ascendant, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's probably suffering quite a lot personally, I think. Yes, rocky road. Yeah, I think it's a rocky road. So do we want to have a look, take a look first of all? I mean, the first eclipse coming up is a lunar eclipse, so it's a full moon eclipse, um, which takes place on the 27th of July, And this, if you get a chance to see this eclipse, I don't think you can in America, but I think the rest of the world, you possibly will be able to see it. It's going to be the longest lunar eclipse this century. It's going to last for an hour and 43 minutes, which is almost the maximum time a lunar eclipse can last for. So the moon should be very red, um, and it's really one to try and see. Um, The other planet that's pulled into the eclipse, of course, is Mars, which is retrograde, the red planet. So it seems a bit of a red theme going on with the lunar eclipse um, on July the 27th. And the node's very closely aligned with the the eclipse, the south node very close to Mars. And there's this whole theme, therefore, of release, Mm. letting go. Letting go of anger, aggression, Mm. and also, you know... um, yeah, not not doing the Marsy stuff, you know, might be a good idea. It's slightly worrying because if you do do the Marsy stuff, things could go quite weirdly wrong, I would suggest. That's on a kind of more global or mundane level. Mm-hmm. But on a personal level, for Aquarians, for example, this is a big, you know, this eclipse is a big deal, especially if you're uh, an Aquarian born in January. Um, around the 27th of January. This is right on your sun, pretty much. And it's about letting go, letting go of anger, redirecting um, your life in some way, you know, taking a step back and redirecting. And it's a big deal for Leos as well, Mm. this eclipse. This is about partnership. 
um, you may actually have to let go of a partnership or let go of some emotional crutch that you've had. Um, the other signs also affected strongly, I think, are probably the other fixed signs. Yeah, Scorpio and Taurus. Um, and for both of these star signs, I mean, the eclipse is across the foundations of your chart. So the big areas are home, family and past, career, vocation and future. And expecting changes in these areas in particular, looking at what's happening in your life in these areas and maybe taking a step back. And I think, you know, with the Mars retrograde all this month still, it's retrograde until the end of August. This is kind of a, a key theme. Stop, you know, take a step back and and reassess before you kind of launch mm. into something. It's definitely not a month to be doing much. Um, we'll talk about the Mercury retrograde in a minute. But yeah, yeah that, that Mars retrograde with aligned with that eclipse and actually not far off the other eclipse coming up mm. is telling us to you know take a breath mm. take a moment um it, it the fact that it's in an aquarius is interesting isn't it which is not a you know that's a very thoughtful sign in general it's a sign that's a thinking sign yeah one of the air signs yeah yeah, so it's about strategy somehow, mm. isn't it? It's more about strategy, working things out, puzzling things out. Mm. It's not about um, taking action necessarily. It's about and about finding out information. I've yeah. also the same researching, mm. talk, yeah, and connecting with people as well. Mm. Um, so just on a kind of dumb note, this is for everybody. That Mars retrograde may mean that you are your technology is not working so well uh, because it's in Aquarius so just stay calm yeah and this actually I mean this is I'm with clients I've had quite a few clients who haven't been able to use their computers and have used the phone we've, oh, gone, we've gone old school so yeah there's something about we're having to come off technology yeah. and do things in different ways me too I have never had so many clients mm. on the telephone mm. it's quite, quite it's, interesting, it's fun it? actually I'm enjoying it but it, it's that it is that Mars retrograde in Aquarius it's like don't forget your phone you know it works it's fun it's a good thing. The other thing I just want to say about this lunar eclipse is that there's going to be um, a another eclipse at the same degree, isn't there, in January 2019. Yeah. The last eclipse will be a solar eclipse, a new moon eclipse, also at four degrees. Mm. So actually what's happening now might be sort of planting seeds in some mm. way for what will take place mm. in January 2019. Oh, yeah, and just on that note, Oh, that's Sally's telephone. That was us talking about phones. Made the phone ring. Um, um, on that note, just in for yourself, uh, it's worth thinking about this eclipse cycle as a whole 18-month period and looking back to how it began, which would have been in... Would, would that have been August last year or even the February before then? But there's a whole, um, there's a whole stretch of... It's an era if you like. Each mm -hmm. era, eclipse era, of course they're overlapping mm -hmm. because the Cancer Capricorn one is starting now too. Mm -hmm. And also just on that note, you know, with eclipses they're not always date specific mm -hmm. are they? Absolutely. They're not always date specific. They sometimes seeds are sown or things happen that then bubble away and that, you know, you realise there might have been a turning point or something gets put in place but it's later down the line. Well, I have something um, to say about that, actually, for the, on the next eclipse, okay. on the 
this one in um, the solar eclipse, the new moon eclipse on the 11th of August. Yeah, which is uh, it's not a total eclipse; it's a solar eclipse. But I think some of you know that my mother died in uh, February around the last eclipse, right? Um, and that was the eclipses in still they were still in Aquarius and Leo. But my mother's um, moon is at 18 degrees of Leo. And this eclipse, this summer, is at 18 degrees of Leo. And the reason I'm bringing that up again is, of course, I think about it all the time. But actually, it's also to show you that the eclipse cycle is not fixed to a date, but it can be very tied to a degree. Mm. Yeah? So so we're within this eclipse season. This eclipse season is now, but it's also... it's affecting the whole Aquarius Leo axis the whole year. Yeah, so if you have planets or angles there, really key. Yeah, absolutely for key. You. And also for Taurus Scorpio, I think. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, it's it's almost it's as strong for them as it is for yeah. Aquarius Leo. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, again, I think it's the themes of life. You know, for Leo Aquarius, it is maybe more to do with self people because of that access for Taurus Scorpio foundations home family work vocation yeah in general so what do we think I mean what's interesting at the solar eclipse coming up is that it sits next to Mercury the planet of communication in Leo but Mercury by the time of the eclipse on the 11th of August is retrograde and very retrograde by then because it turns retrograde switches direction on July the 26th, and we'll be on go slow until August the 19th. So this eclipse is pulling in that Mercury retrograde. Um, for me, again, therefore, there's this theme of the importance of the past and what's gone before. Yeah. Looking back, reflection. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's about looking back, reflecting, about gathering information again, making sure that you know what you're... It's also about letting go. Know what you're letting go. Um it's also interesting that on that around that date, I think maybe the following day, that Mars retrograde changes signs. So we've got all of this looking backwards feel mm-hmm. to it. Um, just on the note of that Mercury um, retrograde, Mercury is retrograde in Leo for most of the coming month. Um, and I, I think that, you know, what do you think about Mercury retrograde in Leo? It's about just on a, on a broader level. It's, it can be about rediscovering some fun in your life mm-hmm. and taking some time off. Mm. And Leo is a very playful sign. And playfulness is important to all of us. Yeah, it's I right. think joy as well, isn't it? Play yeah. And, joy. and for, you know, sort of Gemini and Virgo, those signs which are ruled by Mercury, they, you guys are used to having this retrograde every now and then. Mm. But it's important for Mercury, um, for Gemini and Virgo to... Take note of where those retrogrades are taking place. What sign is it in? What is what's being spoken about to you? Mm. Um, and for Gemini in particular, this uh, it's in the third house, isn't it? So mm. it could well be about um, you know siblings getting together with kind of relatives, um, you know, making time for for these kind of people, catching up with people from the past as well. And I can tell you what my little Gemini is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's going to be actually doing some of the stuff that she didn't bother doing last year. My Gemini is, is 13, and she is allegedly learned German last year. Um, but not really according to her German teacher, I've just discovered. <laughs> so she's going to be getting a language under her belt. Okay, that's which great. Which is very third, third house. house. Very third house. Language, communication, all of that, isn't it? And for Virgo, well, the hidden sector, this is, I mean, for Virgo, it's a real going inside, isn't it? Mm. With um, quite a pileup of planets in Leo. And again, a theme, I think, of taking time out, preparing, getting yourself ready. Um, for when the planets really move into your own sign. What do you need to do? Do you need to look after yourself? Um, is there something a bit like Gemini, I suppose, that you haven't done that would really help you to do this summer? But just to focus on on your inner well-being as well with so much going on in the sign before yours. Yeah, Virgo needs to pay attention to her or his dreams. Yeah. I mean that really literally, like, what did you dream last night? Um, and maybe write them down. You're going to have a lot of, you might have some very interesting ideas during this Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Um, I just, actually, we have, do we have anything more to say on that eclipse? Because I just want to mention that Venus and Libra, which is really nice for Venus, for Librans. Okay. Um, they, so what's happening with Venus this, this month? It starts in Virgo, isn't it? It's in the Earth sign Virgo. Yeah. And then it will move into Libra on August the 6th. In her sign of rulership. Yeah, exactly. Venus is leading the way. Yeah. Uh, Venus is way ahead of the sun at the moment um, and sort of paving the way, making her way towards her uh, towards Jupiter. But she likes being in Libra. Um, and for Librans in particular, this is lovely. It's a month to, you know, make yourself more beautiful, get by clothes, etc., but it's pretty good for the rest of us as well, isn't it, when Venus is in Libra? It's all about, you know, getting along with people. Yes, which is, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, because Venus is so dominant this month, and we have Mars, which is retrograde. Yeah. So it's not about, this isn't a month for falling out with people. Nope. It's much more a month for reconciling with people, compromising, um, finding how to get on with people in your life, and enjoying, enjoying people in your life as well. Um, for Aries, of course, that's great isn't it? Like when, when you get Venus in your opposite side, yeah. it's very good for your love life. Well, yeah. could be very good for your love life. Um, I note that um, Aries have got Chiron sitting in their sign at the moment, and will for several years. Um, and Chiron can bring up wounds, can't it? Bring up old, bring up stuff. You can feel wounded, you can feel cast out, whatever. But when when you get Venus opposite Chiron, there's a chance to talk to someone about stuff mm -hmm. in a kind and loving mm -hmm. um, way. So kind of almost like repairing. Yeah. A sense of repairing, healing, I suppose, very much with that. Getting help, getting support. Yeah. it's So for Aries, it's a good time to look for support from friends and partners, mm -hmm. um, for loving support rather than, yeah. Um, and you may really feel that you need that because you're, ruling planet is retrograde and you've also got Chiron retrograde in your sign so you may be feeling a bit meh frankly um, and it's not a time to be coming out sort of fighting it's a time to be talking and looking at the past and mulling things over meanwhile Mars is going to go back into Capricorn around the 13th isn't that right 
it goes back into Capricorn on the 13th and will turn direct in Capricorn at the end of August. Um, and also, I mean, this is interesting because this kind of picks up themes from mid-May again, because Uranus also turns retrograde on August the 7th in Taurus. So, I mean, Mars and Uranus, this is this very close square between them, which is quite... Um, feisty, a bit rebellious, isn't it? It's really important. I think that that Mars um, Uranus square is flavoring the whole. You can see it at work in the mundane world, which is this. Well, you know, dare I mention it? The rift between uh, Europe and America, the United States, that is something to do with this Uranus Mars thing, yeah. and the 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 fabric of our of the Western Alliance is under is being torn right now. Let's just hope that it's temporary. Yeah. Well, I hope it's temporary. Um, but that is a very it's it's unpicking something. That's that Mars retrograde is unpicking an alliance. It's in when it's in um, Aquarius. It's doing that unpicking the strategic alliance. Then it goes into Capricorn. So it t- goes into the power the house of the sign about power who's in charge mm-hmm. and that's when I, I, heads will roll i would suggest people will resign there may be stuff may happen mm. um to do with the people the people who are in our leaders yeah essentially um so it'll be interesting to watch that and on a personal level that's going to be quite powerful isn't it for yeah. capricorn yeah I think Capricorns, I think that it could be good for you, Capricorn. You know, again, you it gives you a chance to redirect your life in some way or your ideas or your actions. Yeah. For example, you know, if you want to quit the job and start a new one, that's the time, you know, it's a good time to do it. And also, I was just thinking, you know, Mars is coming out of your money sector, going back into your side. Somehow it's not about the money, actually. No, it's not about the money. <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about something else, whether that's mm. reputation or, you know, what's really important to you. It's a, mm. it's, um, a different feel to it. Mm. Um, okay. So what else do we want to talk about? There is another big, major planetary aspect, isn't there, coming up? Um, which is the final Jupiter-Neptune yeah. trine, which happens on August the 19th. So these two planets in water signs, Jupiter-Scorpio, Neptune in Pisces, first got together in December 2017, and then they met again, I think, in April. Mm-hmm. And this is the the final connection. And they've been influencing it, you know, the whole year, really. You know, this whole year has been about that trine. That's been one of the underlying things. Mm-hmm. And this summer... Um, since May, you know, they've come in and out of that grand trine um, whenever those planets, have, anything's gone through Cancer. Yeah. Um, so that's finished now. There's nothing going through Cancer for mm. the time being. Mm. So, um, so there's, but they still make this, they perfect. That aspect perfects. And this affects water signs, obviously. So anybody with stuff in Cancer, especially mid-Cancer, this is still really, really positive for you. You know, you are in the flow. You can get things flowing. You can, yeah. it's psychic energy as well. You know, spiritual psychic energy is flowing. Yeah, it's big dreams, isn't it, mm. as well? Big dreams, your fifth house, ninth house. Um, you know, it's for 
taking yourself out of the house and out of the everyday and mm. looking at what next. And for it's also because it's in Scorpio, this is um, relevant for both Pisces and Cancer. But because that Jupiter is in Scorpio, this is about connecting to your past. You know, it's making that deep connection to your past and having a, it's like, I keep on thinking it's a little bit like, you know, those boats where you have a big, a glass bottom boat, mm-hmm. you, which, are, which magnifies mm. what's underneath. Mm. That's one of the possibilities for you at yeah. the moment. Um, and Pisces, it's very creative. Yeah. Know? It's, it's an old side. I feel like it's looking beneath and looking beyond, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's going, it's kind of bringing visible what's invisible. It's yeah. finding what's hidden and of value um, and, and kind of using the symbolism of that in your own life and how that can be powerful. Mm. Um, Jupiter also is the ruling planet of Sagittarius, isn't it, mm. um, in particular? So I think this could be powerful for Sagittarius too. And this is very much, very much linked to past, to home and mm. family, this whole water mm. trine. Um, could be quite emotional, quite sentimental, and a real connection with the past and perhaps those who are lost to you as well. Um, another flow of energy for Sagittarius. Yeah, or dead people, really. Dead people? People, you know, dead ancestors, dead parents, dead, you know, the people who are on the other side can speak to you if you're a Sagittarian, or actually Pisces as well. There is this, the door is open at the moment. Um, and... It's not that it will slam shut later on, but it really is open to you. And it, it, it's maybe something that you want to think about, that open connection to uh, the past and your ancestry mm-hmm. and whatever your belief system is, let's put it like that. Mm. And a great time to drop your family tree, perhaps. You yeah. Know, go and speak to granny and granddad. Yeah, I suppose. Do a bit of that. Yes, yeah. A bit of reconnecting. Uh, some of the things you discover may not be to your taste. Perhaps not. You know, not. people always, uh, one expects sitting here in the car park, in Eaton, one expects to find ones related to Charlemagne, and in fact, you might find you're related to Charlemagne's, you know, executioner or something instead. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest that just because of the Scorpio connection. Scorpio. Yeah. So we've got quite a month coming up, haven't we? Um, you know, really in general, Mars retrograde for all of it. Mercury retrograde from July 26th to August the 19th. It is about being slower, isn't it? It's oh, about being clearly. slower, winding down. Um, and even these two eclipses on July 27th, the 11th of August that often bring about change. These two, because of the connection to Mars retrograde and Mercury retrograde, somehow reflect back on the past and events that have gone before. Yeah. This is not the month to be running around doing too much, is it? I mean, I would definitely say just take the, take the month off, you know, take a break. Yeah. Um, don't try and push yourself forward. Um, and then, so, on to next month. Um... Yeah. We'll be back next month when the sun moves into Virgo and it's pencil cases at the ready. I always think, you know, the sun into yeah, Virgo is getting it's ready for school, after holidays, it's getting ready for work, getting your tights, new tights and your outfit for work sorted and getting everything ready. And, um, uh, 
yeah, and it's going to have there's going to be an absolutely fantastic um, connections to Earth, other Earth signs. Yeah. When the sun goes into Virgo. And there's going to be good. really from next month onwards things start to move forwards again. So it's it's this month in particular where it's hold your horses. Yeah, hold, well yeah, just you know, go lie around on the beach or something. Yeah. Don't you know, don't Top sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Top up your tan in the sunshine, it's getting hotter. It's yeah. heating up. Oh well we haven't mentioned that, the heat wave. Mm. And Mercury retrograde often brings extremes yeah. of weather and it's hot, hot, hot. And there's a bit of a drought going on in the UK, at least, and I'm sure around the world. Oh, really. it's around it's the hot world, everywhere, isn't it? It's a worldwide drought. It's like the temperature gauge has been thrown away mm. with Mars retrograde in Aquarius. Yeah, it's Mars retrograde in the opposite sign to the Sun's own sign, so there's no temperature, there's no valve, there's no control. No, exactly, it's gone. So anyway, get some sunshine this month, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again next time. Yeah, bye, bye.